The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Episode 375 is episode 195. Should you still be following the baby steps? Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we have a rerun of one of our most popular episodes. For a very long time, it was our most popular episode. And it's all about the Dave Ramsey baby steps and whether it's right for 2024, essentially. Uh, So this, and we recorded this in 2022. And so two years now, the episode has aged very well. It's probably aged better than we anticipated with the rise in inflation and uh, everything we've seen in the past two years. So we wanted to replay it for you because an article or a podcast like this really changed the course of my financial life when I first heard it. And we'll talk about that in the episode. Uh, So we wanted to make it available and updated for you in case you are kind of where I was. This episode is not meant to be a bashing or trashing. It is certainly a bit of a salacious one, I guess you could say, which might be part of the reason we had so much interest in it, but such good feedback too. I think we really want to look at the mindset encouraged, the tactics used, the advice given through the baby steps and is this still relevant more so than attacking character? And and we really hope that that comes through here in really creating space to find 
your radical middle, what's going to make the most sense for you, how to hold the tension with all of the different types of advice out there, because there's so many different voices that you can choose from. And really, you can curate the voices that you're listening to. And and I think this is just a reminder that more than ever before, there are many, many people out there giving solid financial advice and more and more people in spaces where we can find alignment and just, hey, this person looks like me. This person, I this feels more approachable because it's not this completely culturally racially gender age different from where I'm finding myself. And so I think just, in, in, and that's not gender I either. Like we are not all things for all people either. So just an encouragement that we can seek out other voices. We can find what works for us and what works for us can shift and change. And that shame is not a good long-term beneficial motivator is ultimately what we hope comes across in this episode. And I'm sure it will, it will come across again. So glad that you're here and and hope that this is helpful in your own discerning process of how to manage your personal finances well. Yes. But before we get into this replay, this episode is brought to you by 1992. The year that brought us the first ThinkPad, the first laptop with a track point, and when CD sales finally surpassed audio cassette tapes. Fax technology was predominant because email wasn't invented yet, nor were Google, Amazon, or web browsers for that matter. But you know what did exist? 2G cell phones and text messaging. So while the ThinkPad isn't the best laptop on the market anymore, we needed that technology to get to where we are today. And the same goes for savings accounts that offer less than 4% APY. We needed those to get to where we are today. But if you don't have at least one high-yield savings account over 4% interest, it's time to take advantage of what advances in technology have given us and protect against something else technology has helped give us, inflation. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT to see our favorite fee-free high-yield savings account. That's frugalfriendspodcast.com slash C-I-T. This is something you need in the new year. If you haven't done Mm -hmm. this yet, now's the time. It's 2024, baby. It's not 1992. It is 19... It's not 1992. And you should take that energy with you into the rest (laughs) of this episode. It's not 1992. Uh, So if you like this episode, you want to queue up a few others uh, to play after. We really loved our interview with Paige Pritchard uh, on the second episode 368, De-Influencing Yourself from Social Media. Uh, And then we also love episode 349, How to Build a Budget Without Deprivation. So without further ado, let's decide. Should you still be following the baby steps? So our first article is from Arrest Your Debt. Dave Ramsey baby steps are outdated. Find out why. Uh, it's for the most true and unbiased, I don't necessarily agree on. And uh, honestly, a few things I find contradictory, but that's with any author. They can they throw their own opinion as podcasts. We also put our opinion in. So it's going to go through the baby steps and 
see what the author has to say, and then also what we think. So let's uh, let's start with baby step one, Jill. Yeah. And I will highlight, there's a, there's a lot of good mm-hmm. things that come before we get into the baby steps in the article. So feel free to check it out and to find that radical middle, our sponsor today, like take a look at both sides, like what we're going to be doing in, in this article. But so as many of us know, Dave Ramsey is well known for the baby steps, this blueprint and guide path forward. And what do we do with our finances, which I will say at the start, I mean, our opinions will get woven into this. So take that with a grain of salt. But I would say when I first started on my personal finance journey, that was helpful for me. Dave Ramsey is a part of my story and you know, some of the decisions that we've made. So I can't ignore that. And that's, there's something really tangible about that. And I think useful to say, what, just where do I start? And then what should I look at next? So, so Dave Ramsey and the people around him did that, these baby steps. And the first one many of you are familiar with is to start an emergency fund. Okay. Awesome. However, and as this article points out, uh, that, emergency fund recommendation is listed at $1,000 for everybody, no matter who you are. And that was written in 1992, and it was never updated. So we are in quick math, folks. We are in 2022. So that is a good 30 years, 30 solid years later. And so for, you know, just for the sake of the fact that incomes have risen, cost of goods have risen according to an inflation calculator to get the buying power of $1,000 in 1992, you'd need over $1,900 today. So even at that, the recommendation should at least be 2000 But we also know that there's many other approaches to a starter emergency fund. Again, I will say for myself, when I was just starting out in my own financial journey. The $1,000 was actually like a really helpful, I, I liked having a number and I liked that it, that felt attainable to me at the time, even in my literal place of like financial poverty. Um, I had many other resources available to me, but I was legitimately financially below the poverty line. So for me, that was helpful, but again, still outdated. Like if it was attainable for me living below the poverty line, then probably, yeah, we need to relook at this number. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I I think for a starter emergency fund, I, I would say some people feel better having a fully funded emergency f- fund before they start paying off debt. I didn't feel that way. And I don't think necessarily, sometimes people will use that security blanket to procrastinate in paying off debt. And I don't think that's healthy either. But yeah, definitely a more appropriate number in 2022 is $2,000, especially with the rate of inflation we have been seeing, especially if you have kids or a single income or own a home, all of that. There are just so many reasons to um, up that starter emergency fund. So let's look at baby step two. Pay off all of your debt and using the debt snowball method. So let's look at the two parts of that. A lot of you may be familiar with the debt snowball. It is putting your debts in order from smallest to largest and paying off the smallest up to the largest. Some of you may also be familiar with the alternative 
version, which is the debt avalanche, which is listing your debts out highest interest rate to lowest and paying it off that way. And that is the method the author of this article recommends. But they use kind they use a very radical uh, example for why they recommend this. So they're saying if you've got $20,000 debt and $18,000 in student loans by doing the debt avalanche versus the debt snowball because the interest rates are so different. But in fact, the household credit outlier uh, with absolutely you should be focusing on that before lower interest debts like student loans. But in the average, I think it's much more important that we look to kind of behavioral economics and psychology and focus on what's going to get us results long term uh, versus mathematically. So the avalanche, yes, it does save you more money. If you're in the average, I've calculated this several times using median credit card and student loan averages. And you really, by using a same same scenario, same standards, you save maybe a couple hundred dollars by using the debt avalanche. Obviously, I'm using um, American medians, so you should look at the numbers for yourself. But I think it's much more important that we pay attention to our psychology. And the debt snowball does give you more upfront wins, which your motivation is lowest when you're starting any journey. So I think it's important to front load that confidence and those wins so that you are more likely to finish because you pay, you save more money by paying off your debt than you do by giving up. And so <laughs> that I think that is probably mathematically accurate. I don't know how to calculate that. Probability. Right. Okay. And so you can also use a combination. There is nobody telling you you have to pick one or the other. We used a combination. So we had debts with pretty similar interest rates. And we chose to start with the highest one first, but it had a bunch of little ones inside of it. So we did the snowball inside of that. And we we did it. We made it our own. So do whatever you want. Yeah. And we just had we just had one debt. So we just did the debt payoff methods. We're all going to find ourselves in different places. And you can you can very much so if you want to do the debt avalanche, you can make your own quick wins and and set up systems for that. But that is the the this behavioral psychology behind quick wins is there. And whichever one you choose, incorporate it into the method you use. So the next uh, part of this is to pay off all the debt, whatever method you use. And that is some that's sometimes argued as don't invest until you're completely consumer debt free. Uh, and and I will say, I think it's okay to invest while paying off debt, but it's also okay not to. And so we are big proponents of focusing on one big goal at a time. That I think is the biggest takeaway when you're trying to reach financial independence, reach financial freedom. Every milestone on your journey should be focused on with intention. 
that we're not trying to do multiple goals, multiple big goals at a time. And paying off debt is a really big goal. So neither of us invested while paying off debt. I do think you should get your employer match. And again, this for me, this is all opinion right now. But get that employer match. It's something you are entitled to. It's like saying to your employer, if you don't take it, uh, that no, you don't have to pay me everything you've promised me. Uh, I will give this back to you. So don't do that. Get your employer match because you deserve it. And and I am a big proponent for investing, but I think I'm I'm more of a proponent for progress. And I think when we focus on multiple goals at once, you when you have too many irons on the fire, uh, one will get forgotten about, at least one. So know what you're capable of and and just and focus in on that. Put your resources in on that and don't be ashamed or guilted by people saying you have to do five things at once. I will say that if you are at the end of your debt freedom journey, consider maxing out a Roth IRA if you're close to debt freedom. Um, We became debt-free in August of 2017, and that was enough time for us to max out 2017's Roth IRA. I know 100% of people who are debt-free would go back and add a few months to their debt payoff journey if they could get an extra 6000 in the Roth IRA. The limit is low, and once tax day comes, you lose it for the previous year. And so if it comes down to adding a few months to your debt payoff journey to be able to put a little extra in a Roth IRA, that is one thing. Um, thankfully, we didn't have to do differently because it just was a good timing. But I would say that that's a really good reason to invest while still paying off your debt. Jill, thoughts? I know I just like, bleh. It's all excellent and I think continues to highlight this tension, this radical middle of, Mm -hmm. all right, here's this step two. Here's the exact ways that it's prescribed. And yet we're finding alternatives to that that are still relevant and wise advice. And so I think part of our argument in highlighting this article and highlighting these steps is to say that there is freedom. There's there's this path, the very strict and stringent baby steps here, and we know that Dave Ramsey says, do not veer from them, and yet we're also saying that we see people veer from them with wisdom, intentionality, uh, thought, research, and that too goes well. So I think it's helpful to see the highlight here of what is the very specific thing that this is saying and what does that then mean and where is there potentially wiggle room? Of course, we all decide which wiggle room we're going to take, which path we're going to follow. But again, as we ask the question, should we still be listening? It's like, well, what do you want? What kind of Mm -hmm. freedom and permissions do you want? What kind of person are you? What works best for you? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. 
Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Yeah. So I, th- I, I would say the main thing I want to get across for Baby Step 2 is Invest or don't invest, but work on a singular goal with intention. If you're going to invest, make it small, make it unnoticeable, and and work with your numbers to see, you know, if it's going to take you six years to pay off your debt, you for sure want to be investing like while you while you do that. But if it's going to take you maybe a year or two, then maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you just hit those those debt numbers really hard. It's up to you. Work with intention on one big thing at a time. Baby step number three is, as far as Dave Ramsey's plan goes, is to fully fund an emergency fund, a fully funded emergency fund. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and that that is three to six months of expenses. This is still standard advice. Uh, we don't have much pushback on this other than to say, choose three or six months on your job based on your job's volatility, whether or not you have two incomes in your household and your own comfort level. So taking all of those things into consideration, choosing what's going to be best for you, whether it is three months or six months. And then we would say no less than three months and no more than six, because it is important to invest as much as possible early. You do, you do want to be moving forward and not just solely focusing on stacking a ton of money into a fully funded emergency fund. Again, it's for an emergency. So no less than three, because you want to find yourself prepared. No more than six, because you want to be focusing on other goals once you reach that. In six months, you will do fine. If Yeah that income goes away, you find yourself in a crazy emergency. Yeah. Yeah. We we hope statistics will will show about six months is pretty good. So we feel confident in saying that that's still standard advice. So maybe step four, uh, this is this is it, this is the breaker. This is the big deal breaker. Uh <laughs> here we invest, go. 
Right? Okay. Whew. I am. It's a good thing it's cold outside because I would be sweating. Uh, invest 15% of your income in Roth IRAs and tax-advantaged accounts, which is still very standard advice. Um, 15% is fine for those starting early, maybe in your early 20s, but most people will say 20% is ideal for 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 most people, regardless of when you're when you're starting. Unless you're making well into six figures, there's no need to save 50% of your income. I love you, fire people, but I mean, a number that big can cause a lot of unnecessary stress and pressure. And yeah, I mean, play with your numbers. So Bankrate actually has a great retirement calculator that we will link in the show notes, and it allows you to play around with your with percentages specific to your numbers. Oh, uh, awesome. So. Yeah, and it's just the retirement plan calculator from Bankrate, and it's a really good one. But we'll link it so, in our show notes. Yeah, so so fifteen percent to honestly twenty twenty is a personal opinion of mine, but depending on people's income, it may be more or less. I used to when I would listen to the show, I would help people would always be calling in see how they could get around the fifteen percent rule and invest less, and Dave would get mad. And now I understand why. It's because investing is so much more powerful than paying off debt, and that's not emphasized a ton on the show. But baby step four is the most important baby step. Baby step two is only important because it makes baby step four easier, and it comes down to that like. That what the one thing, like what's the one thing by doing it makes everything easier or unnecessary. That's that's baby step two. It makes investing easier. And so that's why we focus on that one thing, get it done, and then we can move on to the bigger and better things, which are investing. So that's not the part I have a problem with. And I love Roth IRAs and tax-advantaged retirement accounts because the biggest fees that you will pay are um, the taxes of uh, when you are working for your money. When money works for itself and compounds on interest, that money is taxed at a far less rate than what you are taxed on for your time, uh, which to me is unethical, but hey, whatever. So, you know, if you see a law ever to get that abolished, vote for it. But you should be investing because the money that your money is making essentially saves you more money than when you are working, like for spending, exchanging your time for dollars. So it's more efficient to have your money working for itself, essentially. So that's great too. It's Dave's actual investing advice. And that's the only thing I will say about his advice that is bad because it's not in the best interest of his listeners. It is manipulative and self-serving. Overall, if you are unfamiliar, he insists that people use financial advisors that sell actively managed funds. He recommends this because he says they can get higher returns than low-cost index funds, which may not even be incorrect. Though time and time again, we have seen that actively managed funds do not outperform low-cost index funds. Even the ones that do, it's not proven they can do it consistently over 40 years. And due to their high fees, investors who do out-earn an index fund still earn less over time over the long run because they are investing 
less because of the fees. So if anything, it is a wash, I guess. But the fact that you invest less because of upfront fees does mean that index fund, low-cost index funds do outperform time and time again. And no actively managed fund manager can stay consistently above the market for 40 years. That It's just never been done. So Dave Ramsey will never change his stance on this. In 1992, index funds were available. They were still a quarter of the price of actively managed mutual funds, so they were still lower cost. They were not as easily available. So it was still a good idea to go through a financial advisor to get your your, your mutual funds. But now with technology, it's made it so simple for the average investor, in the beginning investor, to create their own portfolio, start their own retirement funds, and do it all on their own without having to pay a commission-based sales agent or even a fee-only um, financial advisor. We love certified financial planners who charge based on just an hourly rate versus a commission on what they sell you. Like we, we love certified financial planners, but you don't even need one to get started. But Dave Ramsey will never change his stance on this because his endorsed local provider program, his his actual financial advisor advertising program is what platform is what it is. It's the most profitable arm of his entire company. So the money, the it's not just advisors, it's realtors and other stuff, but the money these advisors like pay him every month to advertise their business, it makes more than financial peace sales, radio ads on a show, book sales, everything else. So those are marketing tools to get you, everything else is just a marketing tool to get you to sign up with ELPs, um, which from people I have spoken to about their experience with ELPs will tell you the majority that those people, they don't have to follow the Dave Ramsey system like to advertise. They just have to say they do. And so as I would say before blindly following financial advice, we should always ask why. That's probably my favorite quote of this whole article. Before blindly following financial advice, we should always ask why or who's getting paid. So that's the probably the second most thing I'm passionate about in that's contrarian um, to the whole Ramsey ecosystem. We'll talk about the first thing in the next article. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm so glad, Jen, that you've highlighted this and I can hear <laughs> your passion for this. And it's part of why, you know, before we hit the record button, Jen was like, I've been wanting to do a show like this for like since we started this podcast. And I think partially in part to the podcast you referenced earlier that you listened to that helped you on your journey. And so I think, again, when we say we want to use this platform, the Frugal Friends platform to help people, here we go. This is like the main part of this episode that we hope would be helpful for people, that there there are ulterior motives. For many people, we try to be as full disclosure as possible with some of the advice that we give that, yes, sometimes we talk about businesses, corporations, organizations who are giving us a kickback to talk about that. We will be transparent about that. And we will, at the end of the day, always speak freedom to that, that there's not just one way. There are other options that you can pursue. And so highlighting this very piece, even if you follow all of the other advice and steps 
strictly and stringently, this is important to know that there is mm-hmm. a very real reason money lining the pocket to, you know, push this specific form of investing that we yeah. would push against. Yeah. And I'm not guessing on the the fact that EL, the ELP program makes the most money of in Ramsey Solutions. Somebody who worked at Ramsey Solutions t- who does not anymore told me this. So I'm not guessing. And, and I'm not using... We're, we don't use personal opinions and education when we're trying to to help people. And and I just, I'm super passionate in how unethical this is, but I wouldn't let my personal opinions of, I don't know. This is just something that I feel is extremely unethical and it's a personal opinion, but it's also like in reality unethical. Yeah, because it utilizes people's like, we love it if we can find the one thing and we only have to follow that one thing. It is harder work to blend and think for ourselves and figure out what's going to work best for us. And so then it is disappointing when the one thing might lead you astray and might not actually be in your best interest. And so we are advocating for a blend. Okay, let's move on to baby step five, which talks about funding kids' college education. So, okay, yes, I'm going to speak now my opinion. I think this is fine advice. It's, It's fine where it sits in the version of next steps, but I think this also is irrelevant for those of us who don't have children. Uh, And people may choose various approaches as it relates to whether or not this is a financial goal of yours. So it is up to you on how extensively you would choose to do this. We, Jen and I, would recommend a 529. Jen uses Backer. You can get, sidebar, $15 by signing up at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Backer if you are interested in setting up a 529 for your kids specifically to invest in their education. I will say personally, I don't have kids. This is Jill talking. Who knows if I ever will? So this is partially irrelevant, but I have considered it. If I do have kids, I'm not certain that this is going to be a priority for me. I am becoming, while I have my master's degree, I am becoming less and less enamored with um, higher education, the entire system, the overall value that it actually brings for the amount of money that it costs and what education is going to mean in the future, what employees are going to require from people as far as skill set and what they're able to do. I just think things are shifting. So I that's that's a whole other, like I'm sure, unpopular opinion, but there's room here. Again, of course, I'm going to speak freedom to choose what's going to be relevant for yeah. you, what you actually desire. Yeah, I agree. I put 5,000 in there and and now I don't touch it, and we'll just see what happens. Um, and if it's not enough, he'll pay for the rest. If he doesn't go to college, I will give it to a grandchild or somebody else. Uh, so that's that is really the extent of how I use it. Uh, all right. So moving on to baby step number six: pay off your house. This is also a contentious one too, especially in the fire movement or real estate people love to leverage debt in mortgages because it is some of the lowest interest debt that you can get and the return on investment is higher. So 
This is, we feel personal preference too. So we don't plan to pay off our home early. We refinanced uh, last year to a, or maybe like a year and a half ago, to a 15-year fixed mortgage. And it is saving us over $100,000 on the total cost to own our home. And for us, that's enough. Uh, We don't plan on selling our home and if you know if we do we just build equity in it faster but we also know our primary residence is not a investment honestly it's a place to live if we weren't paying a mortgage we'd be paying a rent we may choose to buy a bigger house with a higher mortgage who knows we don't know we can't predict the future but we feel good about where we're at uh, not paying it off faster than a 15 year but we moved to a 15 year so that we could save extra money. But so I did some calculations and sh- it shows I'd save about $20,000 by putting an extra $500 a month at my mortgage. But uh, I would rather put that money in an IRA or into real estate to make more than that in the long run. So that's kind of where I sit on that. But we know a ton of people who've paid off their ha- mortgages and they love it. It's a it's a weight lifted. And I fully support that too. Absolutely. And finally, step seven is build wealth and give. And uh, I can't argue there. Okay. You've done all these other (laughs) things. Uh, You've paid off your debt. You're investing. You've thought about your children and what you want to set them up for. Excellent. Build wealth and give. So in a lot of ways, those who have followed Dave Ramsey's steps, I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are doing excellent and they are at this stage of building wealth and giving. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. There's a lot of people who have not followed Dave Ramsey's steps and they are building wealth and giving. And (laughs) we just, we encourage this aim. Uh, Mm -hmm. especially the generosity piece. And I am personally very grateful that this is part of that message. This is part of those steps. And it is also a part of our message to be generous. We don't aim at frugality just to hold tightly the resources that we have, but also so that we can give to others and care for those around us in our immediate communities and neighborhoods and beyond. For me, it's a big why behind frugality. So I am, I'm glad that it's here. Absolutely. Uh, so our next article We will not spend as much time in, but I wanted to find an article with some defensive points on Dave Ramsey that were not from the Ramsey Solutions website. And I actually, I couldn't find many. (laughs) I could find one. I found (laughs) one in the whole internet. And I... And it has become super popular to bash Dave Ramsey. So I found so many articles uh, and videos and stuff, just bashing him as a human being. And we we don't, human beings are, are human beings, and we don't bully anyone no matter how much they bully anybody. That's not what we are here to do. So we found this one in defense of Dave Ramsey. And so this is where we really want to start talking about not just, so we covered the financial advice, and now we want to cover the methods for executing financial advice, whether you go with Dave Ramsey's baby steps or you veer off. Um, He also has very distinct methods for keeping you going on the path. And so that is kind of where we're getting 
to hear. Jill, I will let you take it away. So this article comes from Campfire Homesteading. And again, we're just showing you different sides of this coin, what various people are saying about this. And I think the the one thing that stands out to me from this article is just the top critiques. So it, the, the article goes through what they have heard and seen and read as top critiques of Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey Solutions. And then they then go into all of their arguments over some of these top critiques and why they still support Dave Ramsey unashamedly. And so some of those top critiques include things that have to do with his personhood. Like the internet has attacked all things and we've we've experienced that too, even on our Frugal yes. Friends podcast show. Critiques about things we can't change, like the fact that Dave Ramsey is an old white man. That's a critique he's received. Uh, none of that he can change. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking through old white male. He can't change that. However, that does morph into the reality that we, we can choose though. It doesn't mean that we have to follow one person. Of course, this isn't what the article is saying. This is my response to that top critique that we now live in an environment and context and setting where there are many voices and we can find the voice that speaks to us or the collection of voices that speak to us. That if hearing messaging and perspective from a position of privilege is not helpful, useful, or relevant to you, then fantastic find someone who is helpful, useful, and relevant to you. So uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to stand on that platform of, but just listen to him. Like, yes, there are perspectives that come from him that are a result of him being elderly, elderly. white, <laughs> and male. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so I think, I think one of, I think this critique in particular is a response to the lack in diversity in personal finance. And I hope that representation matters. And it's why we we fill our, if you notice, we don't have many interviews, uh, but we tend to try and stick to women and women of color because we believe that women, like diversity, especially female diversity, is important in personal finance. And I love some, you know, old white men, you know, they're super kind. I mean, in my personal (laughs) life, kind, smart, wise, but they have had so much, you know, I guess advertising (laughs) has had so much platform for so long and representation right now, I think, um, and diversity is super important. Um, And so I I, I don't want to vilify anyone for being an old white man, but it still doesn't mean like I'm going to give them more of a platform. Yeah. but that's so that's right. kind of maybe because the of heart that. behind our our interview selection process mm-hmm. if you if you hadn't noticed it yeah it, it's not entirely a fair reason to listen to or not listen to somebody but if that's a barrier for anyone in particular then yeah we don't we don't have to there are plenty of mm-hmm. other voices out there who are going to yeah. be helpful and so maybe connected to that maybe a little bit peripheral to that is another critique that his advice is outdated. And we just went through an entire article that kind of highlights some of those key points, what's outdated, what remains. And so, yeah, 
yes, I don't think that that can be completely argued. There there are aspects that are outdated. Why he sticks to it dogmatically, I that's maybe another story. I've yet to see an article about that, but okay. Uh, the next critique is that he doesn't take into account various financial situations. And yes, there is a very one-size-fits-all approach to Dave Ramsey's baby steps that makes it really difficult for people who find themselves in alternative situations that aren't your cookie cutter status quo middle class American situation. This just might not be an approachable advice for you. And that's a strong critique. And, you know, of course, this article pushes back on that by saying, yeah, but if you still follow it, you'll do well. <laughs> it's like there can be a tone deaf piece to this of, yes, but there's a whole population of people saying this isn't helpful for them. Uh, and okay. So there's going to be those who love it and those who don't. And again, freedom. Yeah. I think we have to. So I heard this really good advice from a mentor recently where he said, do as I did, not as I do. And so he, Dave Ramsey, older white guy, uh, like multi, multi-millionaire. He's, he's so wealthy from his business. Of course you can't take, you can't follow what he's doing right now. It is unrealistic. He is outside most of our income brackets. So if you're looking at the person he is today, of course he is completely out of touch. And, and I'll say this all the time. It's, it's super important that we that you get uh, some of some, not all, but some of your financial content from people who are paying off debt and who have just recently paid off debt, if that's one of your goals, because they are most in touch with what's going on. But then it's also important to get uh, some content from people who are far outside and far away who have the perspective. So you need uh, some uh, you know, advice content consumption from everybody on the journey so that you get a well-rounded picture of the advice. Uh, you can't just consume one, like one Love sphere. That uh, advice, and, Jen. Yeah, Oof. and and so I think what the author is saying, simply saying the plan didn't account for something I don't have, does not mean we throw our hands up and go home. I think that's actually really wise because we're all about the radical middle. Take what works leave what doesn't. And that doesn't mean we promote something that we don't agree with, but we are not going to completely vilify a human for the things that don't work for us. Yeah. And I think that goes right hand in hand with the radical middle that we're talking about. And this concept of taking hold of one thing without letting go of another I think that's a, another key concept for how do we find the radical middle. It's not a letting go of something to go chase after something else, right? That's the extreme. That's the pendulum swing. But how do we hold on to what is helpful on this side as well as what's helpful on the other side and so find the middle ground for ourselves? Yeah. But then finally, the next critique that I think we'd be remiss to not this is, highlight here. This is the number one. This is the this is the number one. This is what you've been waiting for. The approach. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the approach, Jen. <laughs> so 
it is terms like so and this, so this is where my husband Travis and I differ on how we view Dave Ramsey. So I'll give you a little insight into how we view it. Dave uses terms and has increasingly used this in the last several years like strategies that are are angry, shame-inducing, guilt-inducing, but some people refer to as tough love, buckling down. Um, the author himself references um, like the military and their tactics, um, and which is he is in support of. And so he finds this system to work for him, which is kind of similar to Travis. He needed tough love to ascend, a quote unquote tough love uh, to really kind of buckle down. Whereas for us, Jill and I, we know that guilt and shame and fear do work faster. Uh, we are more afraid of losing things than we are excited for what we will gain. So the methods based on are based on psychology in what's most efficient. Dave is very efficient in, in the methods that he uses to motivate people, but they are also unhealthy. And so we know that through encouragement, flexibility, grace, community, it's not as efficient, but you get to the same destination, maybe a little long, may take a little longer, but you get to the same destination with fewer scars. And that is the path that we are taking. And that is the only path that we feel is right. And so this is the number one reason we no longer have Ramsey personalities on our show. We no longer get invitations to go to Ramsey events. <laughs> um, it and was this fun is, while it lasted. It was cool. I'll say don't they need throw to be a, a good part party. of that community. Yeah. So that's, and that, we, that's our hard stance. That's our radical middle hard stance is that there is one right way to do it. And the right way is flexibility <laughs> and grace and recognizing unique situations and the yeah. messy, taking the messy path that is the healthier path and maybe the yeah. slower path, but it is, it is the right path. I've got to say, even as I was reading this article again, while I want to hold both, while I want to take what is useful, like take the meat, spit out the bones, reading through the article, what did feel a little icky to me when mm -hmm. I got to those parts of, you know, even the writer is, is using terms like, how bad do you want it? References to the military and their tactics and how we need to have a militaristic approach to our finances. And I do believe that for some, that's what they want. That's what they would identify works for them. I will say, though, it's not what works for most people. And the military is a very specific machine and system that is producing, like, weapons of war. And yeah. I'm just not sure how relevant that is when it comes to like our personal lives and finances. Yeah. I would say if that is what you want, what you think you need, that it, it it's time to kind of look deeper and figure out why you need that. Why you ref like that's the reference. 
ultimately, I hold an opinion and value system that says it is kindness that leads us towards change and a turning in the non-beneficial habits and behaviors that we have. I do not believe that shame is a beneficial motivator. It can produce some behavioral changes, but like you said, Jen, it's it it's not without scars. It's not without unhealth where it ends us up, not only in our view of self, but our view of others and the world around us. And I'm I'm speaking from personal experience, personal opinion, and my own background in mental health to say that this is it's not useful. Uh, and mm-hmm. we do not want to align ourselves or, or motivate people in that way. And we want to put a strong caution out there if this is the way that um, behavior change or motivation is happening, that, it, again, it's not without cost for us if it's fear, guilt, and shame that is moving us towards some sort of end goal. Yes. So you know how we combat the guilt and shame that's out there? <laughs> With fun and the bill of the week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills. Buffalo Bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jill. This is Kate from Illinois. And my Bill of the Week is I just sent in my first mortgage payment. We bought our first home in this uh, really wild market right now, but it's a, a great house for us. We were able to put down 10%, feeling really great about that. Not too much house. And uh, we're just we're just pumped to be entering this extra step into adulthood. So that is my bill of the week. Cheers, ladies. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, congratulations. It was an insane market. So that definitely deserves a a bill celebration. Oh, an especially exciting moment to be able to pay 10% down payment on your house to be getting into a house. How wonderful. We hope that you enjoy every minute of that. And it can be exciting to have a bill that we don't mind paying because it means we have a home of our own that Mm -hmm. we can call call home. Yes. (laughs) Well done and congrats. We're celebrating with you. If you want to submit your bill of the week, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill to leave us a bill. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. 
Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. And now it's time for lightning round. The lightning round. All right. Aren't you glad to change the pace? For the second half of the show. Uh, The the last five minutes. (laughs) The the lightning fast part. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some of the most helpful advice we've received in thinking for ourselves, because we think for ourselves, we think that having a well-rounded view of personal finance information is important. And you need to think for yourself because your situation is unique. And if your situation is not unique, your desires are unique, and that makes your financial plan unique. So this is how we started into our you know, adventure from the money advice we were being told by Dave Ramsey and going off the beaten path. For me, I think it was just this overall permission for freedom, that it doesn't have to look one way. I think, again, when I was first on the journey, my introduction to how do you handle finances well was Financial Peace University. That's like my legitimate story and part of my journey. And so I did have that idea of, okay, I'm going to follow this to a T. And I think it was both in realizing my own circumstances were different from what Dave Ramsey steps permitted. Like I I couldn't actually do some of the things. Uh, It just wasn't attainable for me. And my situation looked different and I just wasn't finding like any off ramp or little branch or shoot that I could follow. And so both in kind of starting to explore, hearing from others within my circle, talking with other people about finances, but then like finding other resources, which in large part has to do with the community that you and I have built, Jen, friendship with you and introduction to different other personal finance platforms has been really helpful in continuing me on that journey of freedom. And then what I found and experienced as a result of finding what works for me. And I would describe freedom as the opposite of shame. And shame is not just associated with 
you know, personal finance, but of course we can find a lot of shame in the personal finance space spouted off by others and ourselves. I think we can be our own worst critic and enemy in this process and our own internal narrative can be really non-beneficial for, yeah, seeing what the goals and achievements that we actually want to see. Like on the one hand, yeah, it could be somewhat of a motivator, but it can also be the biggest barrier and paralyzer and derailer of all time. So I think that's that's what gets in the way. It's it's a huge stumbling block. And so where I have found freedom, kindness, lack of fear, guilt, and shame, that has been like the the best piece and advice that I've honestly received from people as I continue to think for myself, find a path that works for me. Yeah. I think any advice that insists that the ends justify the means is advice that you should not be listening to because in reality, the end is death. So uh, we are always living in the journey. The ends never justify the means. Life is the means. And I think we were, yeah, we were on a a podcast. We were doing a podcast last night. Um, It was the the Avocado Toast Budget. They have a really um, cute couple. They call their listeners Toasties. And and yeah, we were talking about, you know, the journey and uh, to enjoy the journey. Permission to enjoy the journey. And I was like, yeah, because the destination is death. Uh, because you have, it's all about the journey. So freedom is the, is a goal so that we can enjoy the journey more. Uh, so yeah. So that was a, yeah. Permission for freedom is a huge thing for what me too. What about for you, Jen? For me, it, so it was a conglomeration of advice from discovering podcasts. I the, it started with the Chooseify podcast, uh, which in full transparency, I, I don't listen to it anymore. I, I don't think a lot of financial podcasters actually listen to financial mm-hmm. podcasts uh, because you know you know we <laughs> for for obvious reasons. Um, but I, in the you know those 2017 2018 episodes very much taught me an alternative way of thinking, and then. I would also say Paula Pant and Joe Salcihai, I have to credit them of afford anything in stacking Benjamins respectfully, um, respectively. They say, I mean, saved me from choosing a, a one of those ELPs. I, I had a meeting with one and I just got this icky feeling like looking at all of the fees and being a naturally uh, or, or being frugal, having been trained for two years to become frugal and become an intentional consumer, I I just felt icky about all of the front load, front end loads and fees. And um, it was through listening to them talk about index funds that I, I learned an alternative way. So I would say it's a, a, con- a collection of advice that I've heard from those who have gone before me. And now my hope is to be that voice for somebody else, that I am not telling them what to do, but I am telling them what I have done and what I have seen and helping them navigate those waters Mm -hmm. so they can have the same story for someone else. 
Awesome, Jen. And so in summary, should you listen to Dave Ramsey still, you decide and know that there is freedom and permission and other alternative voices out there speaking helpful advice. Find the path that works for you. Yeah. And I I hope that you, by the end of this, know where we stand and we welcome everyone. I don't, we don't, whoever you are, whatever path you follow, whatever income bracket, you are welcome here. This is a community that you can feel safe exploring finances, exploring your financial options in. So this is a safe space for you to do that. And that's the part that we play in this ecosystem. Mm, I agree. All right, Jen, we did it. What do you think? Does it live up? Is it 2024? I I will say that, so for baby step one, we said that with inflation, $1,000 would actually be 1,900. So in 2024, it's actually 2,100. So you definitely need an emergency fund of at least $2,000, especially if you're a homeowner. Maybe if you're in your early 20s, you're still living with your parents, you can do with a thousand. But if you are a grown adult, then we, the starter emergency fund really should be 2000. Oh, but everything else very much stands. And, uh, the, the Roth IRA contributions are higher, but yeah, yeah, that's it. And we still think that you can manage a lot of your own retirement investing. Mm-hmm. You can do it yes. <laughs> and you don't have yes. to be afraid of yourself. So, and there are even options where we're, uh, we've talked to Julia Lilia, Julia Lilly about managing your finances as a couple. She is a certified financial planner that is advice only. So you only pay her for her advice on investing. She doesn't manage any assets. So not only does she not charge a commission, uh, but you are saving a lot of money from not having her manage any of your money. So there are a lot of options now and and everything's done over Zoom, right? So you may not live near her, but she takes clients all over the country. So there are a lot of options now. Even if you do want some some professional advice, you can get that without paying the commissions of front-loaded mutual funds, or even the monthly fees of having a certified financial planner invest for you. Yeah, that's great. I love all the different options that are coming available to us. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We are glad that you chose us as an option for your podcast listening today. And one of the things we also love is reading your kind reviews like this one from Mrs. KJG. I like saying that. They said, Aussie fan. These ladies are so funny. They even make me want to move to Florida all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I hope you guys keep up the amazing podcast. You have a lifetime listener from down under. Yes, Mrs. KJG. That's fun. Uh, We love our listener base in Australia. You guys are strong and we love you guys. It's, I it's you don't such need to a come pleasure to hear from you. You don't need to come here. We'll come to you. That'd be so fun. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Thanks we for would listening. Love to do that. 
leave us a review if if you're from Australia or not. If you're from anywhere, anywhere in the world, yeah. we love to read your kind reviews. Yeah, we would love if you listen to a sh- an episode that uh, impacted you specifically, leave it in the review and let others know what the most helpful episodes are. It actually helps us as well. Let lets us know what the most helpful episodes are because sometimes numbers don't necessarily translate to what's most helpful. So we can see how many times an episode's been downloaded, uh, but not the ultimate impact it's made in individual lives. So we love, love, love to hear that. Mm, Yeah. And see you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. This, oh, you look like no, you I, have, I was just, re- I was preparing for what you were about to say. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Not anything <laughs> too crazy. I think we spilled enough tea today, but <laughs> this releases the day after Eric's birthday. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Happy birthday, Eric. Happy the, the birthday, voice, Eric. Yeah. The, the voice of the Frugal Friends theme song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His most downloaded music ever written in his entire career. And he has toured with bands that you probably might have heard of. Yeah. Um, And yet, here he is. Yeah. I I mean, I love that for him. Me too. He didn't know when he told us to start a podcast and I was like, "Mm, no. He did not know what he was getting himself into. Yeah. Most successful idea he's ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But when we're recording this, um, I have no idea what we will do for his birthday. I hope it comes together. I really hope it It came together. Happy birthday, Eric. Yeah. Happy birthday. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.